0: Hello and welcome to A Face for Audio with Imogen Church. This week's audio berry is on the subject of erotica. If you listened to the previous audio berry, you'll probably know that I basically got into audiobooks because I had been a burlesque dancer. And when I auditioned for the RNIB, they said, oh, you're not a prude. Would you like to read sexy books? And I said, yes. And I did. And I enjoyed it. So my career was basically launched through titillation and naughtiness and words like vulva and sheath. Now, unlike almost every other actor or actress I've ever met, I read erotica under my own name, so I don't use a pseudonym. And I feel quite strongly about this because either you're okay with it or you're not. And not being okay with it and still doing it seems a bit hypocritical to me. So I always wanted to read it under my own name. I've only ever been asked to use a pseudonym once for a different book, which I'll probably discuss further down the line, and it wasn't erotica. For me, I don't understand why people think erotica is something sordid or something not to be talked about, something to be embarrassed by. It seems like there's a very definite snobbery around people reading something that would get them turned on. And I don't see any problem with anyone getting turned on at all, as long as they're behaving like an adult. I think that's a great thing. So for me, I was never judgmental of reading erotica. I never criticized it. I just enjoyed it. Because even though quite often the storylines can be repetitive, uh, the characters can be sometimes two-dimensional, uh, the narrative can be tenuous, the one thing that erotica gets right every time is the sex. The sex is written almost always brilliantly. And if you like Shakespeare and you like Marlowe and you like rich language and Getting your mouth round interesting things, then reading Erotica is for you because those scenes describing sex are so juicy and so fun to read. The beautiful thing about it is that you get immersed in the sexy times. And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. I would rather read an erotica novel than a poorly written, mainstream, sells four million copies novel. Because there's passion in there. Not just in the literal kind of penis and vagina way, but there's passion in there for the writing. And it's great. It's really refreshing. So the first thing I want to talk about with audio porn is the language. The language of the sex scene. If you read a Mills and Boone, you're going to read things like, He turned left at the junction of her thighs. Which works, we all understand what they're talking about, but also kind of reminds me of the M4, and maybe a service station, so perhaps not that sexy. You will also read things like, Her nipples pebbled under the silk of her nightdress. Which, again, I mean, it makes sense, but it does remind me of rock pooling when I was small, which perhaps isn't what you want to think about when you're reading something a bit sexy. But there are also wonderful terms, wonderful terms for anatomy, wonderful terms like sheath and sword and lots of lovely euphemisms that are really fun to read The other type of erotica is the type that just lays it on the line and for me I find that less sexy but a lot of people like it so it's fine. For me having a very lyrical emotional scene where she reclined on the silken sheeted bed and let her hair flow out upon the pillow and he removed her beautiful garments and he unleashed his man pole and then plunged straight into her bush Makes me feel a little less turned on. But for some people, talk of Bush is good. And for some people, talk of large, throbbing cocks is really, really good. And I don't mind that, because it takes all sorts. If we were all the same, how boring. What I would like to see, what I would like to read, is more stuff that's genuinely written by and for women. I have a nice little game I play with myself because a lot of people who write erotica also write under a pseudonym. So I have a game that I play with myself. That sounds wrong. I have a game that I play with myself where I try and guess if it was really written by a woman or was it really written by a man. Quite often when I do my research, I'm correct. I'm not going to tell you what my criteria are because it it may upset people. But generally... If there's a lot of chat to do with the posterior, it was written by a man. The next thing to talk about is sexy noises. So when I read audiobooks, I put my whole self into it. I really lose myself in the story. I do big gestures in the booth. My face gets scrunched up. I, there's none of the kind of mumblecore Elegant, attractive, my forehead doesn't wrinkle movie acting or naturalistic telly acting. I really gun for it. So one of the things that, you know, I like to practice in my personal life when I'm working on erotica is my various sighs and sounds of pleasure, such as, oh, 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 oh. And apparently it works, because people enjoy it, and people come back for more. Um, and publishers, for some reason, keep employing me. Lord knows why. But, you know, your sexy noises are a really important part of reading erotica, because you want people to buy into it. You don't want to be the cynical person who's reading it because it's a job, but really they don't lower themselves to enunciate the sex sigh. <laughs> So I think people should give audio erotica a chance, definitely. And a lot of people read it. A lot of people listen to it. Thanks to the advent of the Kindle and MP3s, people can sit on a train and nobody will even know that they're reading pure, unadulterated, lovely filth. So give it a go. You might surprise yourself. And there are huge swathes of different types of erotica out there. Mills and Boone on their own do so many imprints. Uh, You have historical romance, you have medical romance, which is all based around doctors and nurses. You have, I think there's Wild West, Um, there's a a hardcore extreme version. There's, There's anything you want just within Mills and Boone. And then aside from that, there's some brilliant, historical, very female-centred erotica by authors like Sylvia Day, who writes really, really good stuff. If you want Pride and Prejudice, but, you know, you want to see what happens in the bedroom after they get married, then that's the one for you. It doesn't matter what your preference is, even if your preference is sex with no strings attached at all, with a complete stranger in a burger van... Trust me, that really happened. Um, Well, it didn't really happen. It really happened in a book. Then there's something out there for you. And there have been some scenes that I have struggled with. I'm not going to lie to you. There have been some scenes that, for me, were (laughs) deeply unsexy. I had to take a breath sometimes, and the poor producer I was working with, he produced a lot of audiobooks on this particular book I'm thinking about, but he'd never produced any erotica. And we got to this particular scene that I think will stay with me, and both of us had to call time and go and get some fresh air. But you know what? Part of the reason that I took up writing, and wasn't sure about the acting, is because that is your job. It's your job to bring those words to life. I, the other option is, say, no, I'm not going to do it. And I do have some boundaries. There are some things that I would never narrate. But it's not your job to judge it. It's your job to find a way to bring it to life in a way that will appeal to people or entertain people. Or make perhaps a character that you don't find very um, sympathetic seem sympathetic. That's your job there's also the point that um, if you're struggling a bit, as you might be able to hear I'm struggling today with a slightly sore throat, that you can find whole new depths in your reading of erotica. It enables me to get so husky, so deep, which to be honest I can't normally do, but today I'm going to make the most of it. So there's an upside to feeling like a bag of tripe which is how I feel today. (laughs) Never call off a job if you have a sore throat, but that's a whole separate audio berry that hopefully you will have time to listen to. The only other thing I would say about erotica is that once you've read a lot of it, it does seem not to affect you as much. There have been times when I have been narrating a sex scene talking through, you know, the copulation of two or three or maybe a whole bunch of individuals, and I have found myself (laughs) in a a second brain that I keep stored in the back of my head, thinking, I could just be looking through the Argos catalogue. I could be saying, oh, look, a toilet roll dispenser. Oh, that's nice. And it's not that I'm not invested. All I'm saying is that suddenly discussing vaginas and anuses and penises, and my favourite one, the curtain of his ballsack, suddenly becomes less unusual. (laughs) Maybe it means I've been conditioned into pornography. But I'm alright with that. It's okay. If people are listening and reading and escaping into their own world of sexy times, then I think that's probably a good thing. But that's going to lead me down a whole other pathway that will get too political for these audio berries which are just silly and about my life. Talking words out loud into a microphone. So to sum up, for now, because I'm sure I'll be narrating some erotica soon and it will fill me with all sorts of stories I can share with you. For now, I just want to tell people to not judge erotica. It does a huge amount for people with visual impairments and blind community, because they want to listen to this stuff too, and hey, it's hands-free. But also, why judge it? It's like saying there's something wrong with sex, and there's really not. So, enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Be responsible, be safe, and I'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye.